0: Hello and welcome, welcome to Living and Loving Each Day with Sue Jansen. So glad that you could join us today. And um, today we are welcoming Clay. And I want to share a little bit about his story because this, you need to know this. This is something that's so important and uh, it'll just share the information that you need to know to find out, you know, why he's doing what he's doing. So... Um, We have the honor of hosting a remarkable guest today whose journey of love and resilience and advocacy will leave you inspired. So let me just share a little bit about him. So Clay's story is one of the remarkable dedication and strength. As a father of twin girls, both facing complexities of severe autism Clay and his late wife, Carol, embarked on a lifelong journey, and it was filled with triumphs and obstacles. And you know, and a lot of my audience are parents with children with disabilities, and I'm a grandma of one of those, and we, we all hear that loud and clear. So Clay and his late wife um, uh, were balancing the demands of a career, and, and he was balancing a demands in a career in sales and marketing, and uh, and to provide for his family. So Clay tirelessly devoted himself to the well-being of his daughters. and But Clay's dedication extended far beyond the immediate family. And so for two decades, he immersed himself in the world of disability advocacy, passionately supporting individuals and families in their pursuit of a fulfilling life. So his unwavering commitment led to a remarkable milestone, an appointment by the President of the United States in Washington, where he worked tirelessly to bring about positive change for people with disabilities. And on this side of the border, Clay, we thank you for that, because we are in that same boat trying to make that happen over up up in Canada. So tragedy struck in 2020 when Carol passed away, and it left Clay to navigate the complexities of raising their three daughters alone. So despite this heartbreaking loss, Clay's spirit remains untethered, and he continues to maintain a close relationship with his daughters and offering them unwavering love support and guidance. So today, Clay stands before us with renewed enthusiasm, embracing the future with a profound desire to share a vital message of faith and of hope. And he firmly believes that every individual, regardless of their circumstances, has the purpose that God has a plan for their lives. And through his advocacy work, he has touched the lives of countless families, I can't imagine, and helping them find the support and the resources that they need for a well-lived life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor to present with today uh, Clay Boatwright. It's a pleasure to have you, Clay, and I want people to know more about you. So welcome, welcome to Living and Loving Each Day.
1: Thank you, Susan. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today, and it's an honor to be able to share with your audience, and uh, thank you. I'm I'm humbled to be here. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And you're all the way from Texas. I just need to tell the people.
1: Exactly. I'm just uh, just in a town called Frisco, just uh, north of the Dallas area.
0: Awesome. So, Clay, you've got a beautiful story, and it's very inspiring, and I just want you to start where you want to start (laughs) (laughs) and share with us.
1: No, no, certainly. I appreciate that. So um, the the story starts fairly nondescript. My uh, late wife, Carol, and I were from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, We were both born and raised there. We uh, met. I had just gotten out of college. She was finishing up. We met uh, about that time. Got married. um, About a year later, moved to St. Louis. We lived there for a couple of years. And that's where we had our first uh, serious adulting moment. Uh, right after we moved to St. Louis, uh, Carol was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, which is oh. a form of lymph cancer. So she went through chemotherapy and lost her hair, did that, that whole bit at the, the ripe old age of 25. And uh, coming out of that, uh, blessed, luckily she uh, survived. And um, the doctor suggested we wait a few years to have kids. So in the intervening time, we moved to Houston, lived there for a while, and then found ourselves here in the Dallas area. And uh, about eight years into our marriage, our first daughter, Blair, was born. Absolutely, uh, uh, ideal pregnancy. Uh, Blair has been smiling since the day she was born. Everything was great. And uh, we knew we were pretty lucky. And we also knew that lightning rarely strikes the same crib twice. And we're like, hmm, okay, it'll be interesting to see what the next one's like. Well, we'd always planned on uh, having two children. Uh, God, in his infinite wisdom and very curious sense of humor, thought we needed actually two more and uh, and blessed us with identical twins, Paige and Mia. And uh, almost almost from the point of conception, things were different. I just, Carol's pregnancy was different. um, Just from beginning to end, they were uh, born seven weeks early. So they were premature. Carol had been in the hospital for a couple of weeks prior to them being born. We brought them home, uh, cried all the time. Uh, They wouldn't eat. Just Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of challenges that many parents can relate to that we had not Mm -hmm. seen the first time around. So it was all new ground for us. So they uh, were growing and developing and they were developing at a more slow rate than we had seen with Blair. But everyone said that, you know, twins born premature, uh, tend to develop more slowly, not to worry about it. Okay. We got, we got to the uh, the 24 month well baby visit. Okay, so we're the pediatrician and Carol's holding one twin, I'm holding the other. And they have this uh, developmental milestone checklist mm-hmm. where it's like 25 questions of things, baby's doing this, baby's doing that, saying these words and so on. And uh, I'm checking it off for, I think I was holding Paige. Well, I'm checking it off for Paige and Carol's checking it off for Mia and we get to the bottom of the list. Looked at each other and said, "Hmm, uh, this is odd. And neither one of us had checked anything off the list." We're like, "Well, that's probably not good." So our pediatrician mm-hmm. sent us over to Easter Seals, who did an assessment, and the uh, initial assessment came back as what we now refer to as intellectual disabilities. Back in 2002, the uh, terminology was um, mental retardation. Now we call it intellectual disabilities, and then later autism was was added uh, as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: when things we realized things were going to be a little different. But, uh, but we didn't quite know the magnitude of it. So we started learning, started going to doctors and therapists and getting online and researching everything we could about the conditions and what could we do to, to help. Uh, I was working uh, full time. Uh, Carol had decided to stay home when Blair was born and then continued that once the twins were born. Uh, by now, we realized that was going to be a, probably a permanent situation, just mm-hmm. given all the, the mm-hmm. therapists and the doctors and so on that uh, Paige and Mia required. So we're trekking along, Uh, challenging. Uh, Paige and Mia had very severe um, meltdowns, behavior issues. Uh, To jump forward just a little bit, but to to frame up the the severity of their disability, they are are now 23 years old. Uh, They've never spoken they're nonverbal. Uh, in the in the disability world, they ha- require what's referred to as assistance with all activities of daily living, ADL is what it's called. So yeah. all activities of daily living. So um, they need help with everything bathroom related. They need help getting dressed, getting undressed. Um, they are mobile, so they can walk on their own and um, they can feed themselves, which is good. Uh, they can play with their iPads they can take an iPad and find their favorite movie on four different platforms and zoom it into where they want to where they want to uh, they watch over and over again uh, they'll do that all day long but they choose not to use it for communication or, or any any of those types of things so that right. gives you an order of the order of magnitude yep <laughs> so um, things are challenging uh, I touched t- t- about that in, in this in the book I recently wrote but then a um, an aha, uh, a pivotal moment occurred when they were four years old. So this was two years into their diagnosis, and it was a rough night at home. It's a Friday night. Um, Paige and Maya were having behavior issues. They were they were crying, and we couldn't couldn't figure it out why, and screaming at the top of their lungs.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Blair, their older sister, she was upset because she didn't understand what was going on, and we couldn't we couldn't fix it. Uh, Carol, Carol, uh, she was pretty, she was pretty, uh, mad. Um, I was married to Carol for 30 years. I knew her for 33 years. I think I saw her cry four times in 33 years. She was a tough chick. She, um, she would be more likely to take you out back and beat the crap out of you than she was <laughs> to, uh, and I mean that with nothing but uh, pure love and respect. I um, understand, yes. she's, a tough lady. she's a tough lady. Uh, so she was, she was pretty upset. So, um, so at that moment, yeah, I did what any good, husband father you know family leader would do when their family's falling apart i went to bed i'm like you know what i can't fix this everybody is safe hopefully everybody gets a good night's sleep and it'll be fine so i go to bed and i'm laying there and and i'll be honest with you i'm i'm mad at god okay so i'm laying there talking to god kind of half praying and i remember clearly saying okay god why did you do this? Mm. Why did you do this to to Paige and Mia, have them born with these disabilities that we can't handle, they can't handle? Why did you do this to them? And to be blunt, why did you do this to me? This is not what I signed up for.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: That was on my mind when I fell asleep. I was mad. I was asking why i don't usually go to bed mad a uh, few times it happens it's almost like the, the emotions marinate overnight i mm-hmm. wake up madder than the night before luckily i don't fall asleep mad very often but but that next saturday morning was totally different that next saturday morning i woke up i was excited I an immediate smile on my face it was like fresh air was in my lungs i was ready oh, to okay. take on the world i was pumped and ready to go and the very first words that entered my mind were yeah. to help people like Paige and Mia, which I immediately interpreted as to help people with severe disabilities like they had. Yes. Okay. Now, as you, as you mentioned earlier in, in, in your opening, um, I was a sales and marketing, marketing research guy. Okay. So mm-hmm. I was focused on my career. I was working in the grocery products industry. I was you know, trying to ho- hopefully becoming the next VP, senior VP of whatever. Um, that was my focus as well as taking care of the family and so on. This idea of like helping others, as as horrible as that sounds, that that was not on my radar. You know, it was like take care of my own family and focus on my, my own career. So, because that was so out of my realm, there is no doubt in my mind that I fell asleep asking God a question and he sent the Holy Spirit and answered it. I fell asleep asking God why and he sent the Holy Spirit and answered it. It was to help people. With severe disabilities like my children have. Nice. Yeah. So at that moment, two great things happened. Yeah. Number one was it happened. Yeah. Number two was I had the wherewithal to realize it. Okay. So I'm laying there in bed. Get full of energy, ready to go seize the seize the day. And I'm laying there going, okay. I just had a, <laughs> it sounds weird to say God just spoke to me, but I, I, just, I just got a message because mm-hmm. I would not have cooked this up on my own. Okay, well, action must be taken. What do you do? So I did what millions of people do every day when they have questions. I Googled it. (laughs) I got out of bed, walked over to the family computer in the living room, sat down, and I typed four words. And again, please forgive uh, the vernacular at the time. We have improved the wording since then, but the diagnosis at the time was, so here were the four words. I typed mental retardation, Dallas, which is where I lived, help. Yeah. You have disabilities to help people, help. Four words, enter. Up came an organization I had never heard of before called the Arc of Dallas. Oh. So Arc, yeah, so the Arc system in the United States is the oldest series of nonprofit organizations helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities.
0: Oh, okay. Yep.
1: Had never heard of it before. So I looked at their website and said, okay, well, this looks like an organization that helps people like Paige Amia. And to compress the next, you know, almost twenty years into forty-five seconds, I <laughs> reached out to uh, reached out to them on Monday. Uh, found out they were looking for new board members. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of the organization before, but now I'm a board member. Uh, got on their board within a couple of years. I was their next board president. Uh, yeah. Along the way, I'm meeting people. I'm learning about the challenges different families have. Yeah. Learning about supports here in the Dallas area. Eventually, got involved in the state level organization called the Ark of Texas. So at that point, I'm meeting legislators. I'm going down and I'm testifying on legislation at our state capitol in Austin, testifying before Senate committees and House of Representative Mm -hmm. committees. I'm meeting the senior leadership at Health and Human Services and understanding the service support system at at a high level, and again, continuing to meet families and understand the challenges people are facing and along the way i'm i'm helping people i'm sharing my knowledge with other families so that they can try and get the services they need or identify what resources are available to them that they perhaps didn't know uh, you mentioned at one point uh, president obama appointed me to a presidential advisory committee in washington for two years I served in that capacity and and afterward uh, returned back to austin um, I lived in Dallas the whole time, but wow. I was traveling for these activities. But I uh, came back to Austin and was asked to chair a, a system redesign advisory committee for redesigning our support system for people with uh, developmental disabilities. I chaired that for six and a half years. So I go through all that to share. That's how people know me. So I'm, I'm blessed, truly blessed to know thousands of people. 95% of the people I know have absolutely no idea what I do for a living. Wow. None whatsoever. But everybody knows what I did for free. Yes. And it's basically bringing to life a message I got waking up on a Saturday morning after going to bed mad the night before. And mm-hmm. so my, call it identity, if you will, since that's how people know me, mm-hmm. it's all tied to not me being you know, successful in the career that I got my degree in. <laughs> it, it's, it's as a result of me going to bed pissed off at God. Yeah funny how funny how that works.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well that's an amazing story and now today uh, you've written a book and I want you to tell me a little bit about that and just maybe a little bit about you know how you've coped since since that cuz I know Carol Carol passed away I know in 2020 is that correct?
1: She she did. So um so Carol we, we raised our kids, um, had the challenges, also had the benefit of learning the system and finding resources to help us at home. Once we got everybody out of the house, so Blair uh, went off to college and was starting her career. Mm-hmm. We were able to create, uh, we found a provider, service mm-hmm. provider, willing to work with Paige and Mia with their severe disability. And we created a group home for them and, and another young lady, got that created uh, Carol, after 20 years of of staying at home with the kids, went back to work and in, in her career wanted to restart that. was all excited, and six months after going back to work, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Um, had a surgery, thought they got it all. Turns out they didn't. It came back. She went through 18 months of chemo and and ultimately passed away. Mm-hmm. So that was tough, and it was, you know, sad in that she did not get a chance to kind of live the new life that she had hoped for.
0: Mm-hmm get
1: all the kids out of the house. Um, It was tough on me. um, And I'll I'll share another story related to that. Uh, She had been not just my best friend, but for all practical purposes, my only friend for 33 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And she passed away on February 11th, um, 2020. Okay, February 11th, 2020. So think about that time in, in world history. She never heard the word pandemic. She never heard of something called COVID-19 and Blair, our oldest daughter and I, we've smiled at how not, not, we're happy that she passed away, but we're we're glad God brought her home. So she didn't have to deal with all that craziness. Mm -hmm. It would have driven her over the edge the way that the pandemic was, was handled. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, so she passes away February 11th. Three days later is uh, Valentine's day and uh, Blair had flown home for her mom's services. And, she and her boyfriend, now husband, well, went out for Valentine's Day, which was fine. And uh, I went looking for something for dinner, went into a grocery store across the street from our house. And I go in there, and I'm all sad and depressed. My best friend, my only friend has just died. Um, here it is, Valentine's Day, you know, the first holiday meant for love lovers, you know, that a
0: mm-hmm. few days
1: later, woe is me, life sucks, what am I going to do? Yeah, blah blah blah. So I'm all, woe is being, and I'm walking through the store, and uh, I get to an aisle, aisle nine, hair care aisle. Don't know if hair care is relevant. But that's where it happened. <laughs> I'm sta- standing in the hair care aisle, and all of a sudden everything changed. I went from being sound, sad, downtrodden, upset, teary eyed, depressed, heartbroken. In an instant, I found myself smiling. I was sitting up straight. I. Again, that breath of fresh air that I had described earlier on that Saturday morning came back mm-hmm. full of excitement. And again, I, I, I believe it assures as we were having this conversation. Like what happened on that Saturday morning that day in, at the grocery store, I think God revealed two things to me with absolute clarity. Yeah. Number one was Carol was doing great. She's doing a lot better than the rest of us. You know, As a Christian, she was experiencing what all Christians ultimately aspire for, and that is to spend eternity with God. Okay? She was no longer in pain. She was no longer having to deal with the, the craziness of, of raising a family and whatnot. She was experiencing really nirvana, if mm-hmm. you will, uh, of, of living with God for eternity. So I viewed that as God releasing me from having mm-hmm. to mourn my wife. Mm-hmm. Because you don't you don't mourn somebody who's doing better than you are. Okay. So did I miss her? Of course I did. Would there be, with be state attacks that would come up
0: out yeah. of nowhere?
1: Yeah, absolutely that yeah. But I did not have to mourn her. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was lifting that off my shoulders. The second thing, kind of opened my eyes to had to do with me. Yeah. So I was fifty-five years old at the time. I'm fifty-eight now, so I was fifty-five. Um, for all right, I've been married for thirty years. God willing, I use those words literally. I may still have another 30 year ahead of me.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So I'm only halfway done when it comes to this adulting business.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. That's
1: right. It, interesting thought. for the first time in my adult life, I had virtually no obligations and responsibilities. Carol was with God in heaven. Mm-hmm. Blair with, had graduated college and working on her career and being quite successful and had a boyfriend, fiance kind of in the wings. Mm-hmm. Paige and Mia. Uh, we're finishing up high school. They were in their group home, but they had g- outstanding caregivers. I was their guardian, but not mm-hmm. having to do the heavy lifting every day. So they, so er- everyone's well taken care of. And from an obligation and responsibility standpoint, I could quite literally do whatever I want. Yeah. So how often does that show up?
0: Uh, I know. Yeah.
1: So then you're going. So what? What exactly am I upset about? I miss Carol, of course I did. Yeah. but But in terms of the future. The future had great opportunity ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And and standing there, I launched something that my friends think is hilarious, but I refer to it as Clay 2.0. Okay. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the 1.0 version.
0: Yeah. That's I, okay. We all move, we all progress in this life. We don't stay ex- stagnant. Yeah. That's
1: exactly right. You know, and we, you know, I did the traditional husband, father, family, you know, raise the family, do the work, you know, do the advocacy thing, go to church every day, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, all very good. But now life was completely different. Um, and that, and I had new a unique opportunity ahead of me. Now, the million dollar question yeah. still is, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this opportunity that's been presented? Um, I didn't, I was, I, I didn't know the answer. I'm still trying to figure out the answer to that question. Uh, the book I wrote, um, I think tries is the first, the first, uh, step that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I had a really unique foundation having raised Paige Amia, um, People over the years had commented about um, our attitude tends to be very positive, hopefully picking up on that. Um, and and as I'm then handling Carol's passing, the same kind of thing, tried to look at it uh, not from doom and gloom, but from a more positive standpoint. And I realized that maybe that's the the story to take forward. And that's mm-hmm. where the opportunities are moving ahead.
0: Well, this is so good. Like this is very inspiring and I know that there's a lot of people out there who are listening that you know they've been touched in different ways with different struggles through and, and trauma through their life and as you have and and you've come through this and, and I I'm, I admire you. I mean, you've done just, such a beautiful job and I know all you've taken good care of your, your family. so but thank, Clay, I want to thank you so much for being here today and I know you have a book. And what's the book called?
1: Uh, the name of the book is God's Plan Our Circus. God's Plan, Our Circus, Right, and uh, it's kind of a, a memoir walking through what I just uh, described. Yeah. Uh, I talk about the uh, the challenges of raising children with autism, uh, working or caring for someone, uh, going through a terminal illness, their passing. Um, there's a lot of humor in the book. There's Good. a lot of faith in the book. Uh, the true comic relief of the book is the final chapter, which is the, the joys of dating in your mid-50s. Yeah. That's <laughs> a fascinating experience and thought I've been up for. A lot, well, a lot well, that's there. a whole other show now, Clay. That's yeah. a whole,
0: that whole, it yes, is. new topic. Yeah, it is. The, the, the,
1: the key takeaway through the entire story is that, and this is what I try to convey to people, is that uh, we all have experiences and challenges, but baggage and drama are a choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, Life is really about how we choose to look at it. And happiness is a choice um, happiness is not the result of what happens around us. It's a result of how we choose to look at it and, and yeah. approach it. And that's, that's really what the story is about. Oh, good.
0: Ah, Well, you're a wonderful, um, conveyor messenger for that. And just Thank that happy, you. happy is from the inside out and you, you, really shown us that and thank you just for your strength and for your story today thank you for sharing that with us uh everybody if you want to have any other contact Clay's name is here and you can find his book on Amazon I'm sure and uh please if you want more information or have other you know just comments from me I'd love to hear from you at livingandloving.eachday.com and that's what we're here to do and God bless you Clay and may he continue to bless you as he has already Blessed you so i really appreciate you being here today thank,
1: thank you you as
0: well so much thank you thank you and thank you everybody for joining us this has been a really really pleasure to have you with us today so thank you and bye we'll take care bye bye